0: Number 25 of the Nevada Traveler Podcast, the show where we talk adventure on the trail, the water, and how to keep your adventures going with reviews of products, gear, and tips to keep your favorite machines, toys, and tools working for you when you need them most. You can catch the latest episode of the podcast every Friday on your favorite streaming apps like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. You can also follow along the adventures between episodes by giving me a follow on Instagram and Twitter, Nevada underscore Traveler. And if you're into the TikTok game, I'm new to it, Nevada underscore Traveler 63. I am Jordan, and welcome to the show. If this is your first time listening, if you've come back for another dose, thank you. Your support means so much if you would, please take the time to rate, review, and share with your friends and family. You can even share it with someone that you don't like, and then maybe you'll have something in common to talk about. I'm going to dive right into a week in review, the segment of the show where I recap adventures, news, or anything else worth a mention. On a housekeeping note, any opinions I share on the show are strictly my own, and do not reflect any opinions or views of my employers or partners the last week since last week's episode i did get a ride in on friday fairly short intended to take the utv out on sunday and it didn't happen um cf moto z force uh just about 90 hours 1400 miles um Hadn't changed the belt yet on it, it still had the OG belt on. Started noticing some slippage a little bit, so I decided, well, it was time to change it. I'd never pulled the clutch off, never messed with it, and all of a sudden, realized the primary clutch bolt and nut that holds the whole assembly together had been cross-threaded in production Therefore, taking the buggy down for an unforeseeable amount of time as parts are getting ordered and warranty claims are starting. Um, So our off-road vehicle, currently out of commission. So on Sunday, we took a different route. We did get off-road a little bit into the mountains, but in a different vehicle. We took uh, Kate's Subaru Forester Sport, got on some mountain trail. It was a good time. Totally different experience. Um, for any of you who listen to my show who off-road in a Tacoma or a full-size pickup, however you do it, and you've never done a UTV, or maybe you're straight UTV off-road and you've never had an off capable street vehicle, if you will, the experience is incredibly different. Obviously, in a street vehicle, you're going to be... A little more careful Um, take it a little easier especially if it's your daily driver Um, because when you're in a streetcar you have to remind yourself that hey I have to drive this home and I have to drive this to work tomorrow Um, but just the experience on how different vehicles handle different off-road vehicles handle it's just different Um, I don't really know how to explain it but it was a good time we got out Got up into the mountains for the first time since the snow and the high elevations has melted. And stopped by a lake or two and actually ended up going down some some forest trails and finding a new riding area that uh, we didn't know existed. So once our buggy is back up and running, pretty excited about that. Um, Besides that, been pretty pretty quiet um Sunday was the NASCAR race at Darlington the Goodyear 400 and I noticed that a few episodes ago I wasn't going to do NASCAR recaps that's not what I'm doing here but I'm going to rant a little bit if you're a racing fan if you're a NASCAR fan if you followed motorsports in any capacity over the last 20 years you know that the Southern 500 that's run Labor Day weekend at Darlington has been that way for ever. Is one of the crown jewels of NASCAR. And over the last few years, NASCAR has dedicated that as their throwback weekend. Retro paint schemes, everything about it. But instead of showing that heritage to throwback weekend during the Southern 500. They decided to do it th- during this race, which turned me off on it enough that I didn't even watch the race. I caught the highlights. Um, but I'm all for change. I'm all for everybody trying something different. But don't mess with my throwback weekend, man. I'm curious. If they're going to try a throwback 2.0 in the playoffs for the Southern 500. Really don't know. Curious. Simply just curious. So trying something a little different this week. I know when I give you my intro for the week in review, I talk about not only am I giving the week in review, but I'm giving a... Take on news and events and what's happening in the world. So I'm going to try something a little different. I'm going to talk some news and it, I'm going to go off a poll. I didn't take the poll. I don't know who took the poll, but it's it was a poll. I'm going to talk about the 11 best UTV and ATV trails in the United States. Everyone's got their favorite riding spot. We do, you do, anybody that off-roads has that favorite spot. But who doesn't like branching out? Who doesn't like exploring new trail, finding new favorite areas to ride? If you're like me, you never turn down a chance to explore something new or explore some new trails. After all, we're always looking for different places to show off our machines and test our skills. So lucky for us that there's no shortage of off-road destinations in the United States. Whether you want to dominate some rocks, mud, sand, or all three, you don't have to travel far to find the perfect trail. And this list I'm going to go through is proof of that. From the east coast down in Florida to all the way out west, let's talk about some of the best UTV and ATV trail riding across the United States. Number one on this list is the Arizona Peace Trail. It's in Mojave, La Paz and Yuma counties in Arizona. And it has over 750 miles of trails. It's a desert, rocks, and dirt. And it's an area open to all off-road vehicles. Whether you're a Jeep guy or a UTV guy or a quad guy. And they have trails for all levels of experience. And the best part about it, it's free. some off-road trails exist because the land just lends itself to riding and others pop up as a result of demand and from what i can tell and again most of these places on this list i've never been i i stumbled across this list doing research for myself to like hey where where would be a good riding area where are the top i think i looked i think my exact search was like top 25 riding areas in the united states (laughs) excuse my sniffles my allergies are killing me today but the arizona peace trail is an OHV loop. And I said, it it consists of 750 miles of trails in three Arizona counties. Along the way, you'll have the opportunity to check out 10 different historic and scenic points of interest. And it's in Arizona, so hard to beat it. Now, this next one took me by surprise, if you will. Because living on the West Coast and growing up in the Midwest, we have a lot of open space to ride. But number two on the list is the Struck County ATV Trails in Maine. Consists over 1,000 miles of trails with woods, gravel, hills, and mud. And it's open to ATVs, UTVs, and 4x4s, and has trails for beginner and intermediate riders. It's described as an off-road paradise by many riders on the East Coast. Aroostruck is an extensive trail system in northern Maine, and the 1,000-plus miles of marked trails make it easy to see much of Maine without ever leaving the seat of your off-road vehicle. It's open from the end of April to late October every year, and it gives riders a more comfortable alternative to other hot summer destinations. Now, I've been to Maine, but only in the populated areas of Maine. Um, but from what I've seen, and obviously reality TV is not that much reality, But you watch TV shows such as Northwood's Law or something along those lines, and they show the enforcement. And Like that show, for example, is Game Wardens who also have the jurisdiction of the trails. And obviously it's dramatized for TV, but if, if you've never watched the show they spend a lot of time and effort making it difficult for people on the trails. So when that trail popped up as number two on the list, I was shocked. I really was. So number three on the list was a little bit strange to me. But again, It's an East Coast destination, and it's an area known as the Beasley Knob OHB Trail. It's in the Chattahoochee National Forest outside of Blairsville, Georgia. It consists of 10.6 miles of trails with water crossings, rocks, and hills. And it's open to ATVs, UTVs, and dirt bikes. It's considered an intermediate and advanced riding area with $5 a day access. But what got me was the 10.6 miles of trail and how that is at number three. I didn't do a ton of research on that one. I was just kind of going off the list. Um, I'm definitely going to look more into that and see why why it's so high on the list with, with only a 10, 10, little over 10.5 miles of trail. It's like a one-way-in, one-way-out type deal. I'm not sure. I'll have to do my research on that one. Number four, one I've heard of. I've never been there, but I've heard a lot about it. The Bighorn National Forest in Wyoming. Free entry, nearly 1200 miles of trail with forest, rocks, hills, open to any off-road vehicle and has trails for all experience levels. It's a national forest. And it's in Wyoming's Bighorn National Forest, which has some of the best to offer in terms of views and experiences. Definitely one I want to check out someday. Um, And 1,200 miles of trail, that's a lot of riding. Another really popular one that a lot of people are aware of, a lot of people have visited. Um, I see a lot of the off-roaders I follow on Instagram visit this area. And that is number five on the list, Hatfield-McCoy Trails in Williamson, West Virginia. Just over 750 miles of trail with about every terrain type you could imagine. Forest, hills, mud, rocks, water, sand. Open to all off-road vehicles with any experience level. There is a cost to get into the Hatfield-McCoy trails. $15 a day or $35 for a seven-day permit. And it is. It's one of the most popular and widely known trail systems in the United States. It's open to riders year-round. It's in the Appalachian Mountains with over, again, 750 miles of trail broken up into eight main trail systems with each offering a unique riding experience. Number six on the list, Lake County, Michigan's Little O Trail in the Huron-Manistee National Forest a 41 mile trail system with wood sand and hills atvs utvs dirt bikes and motorcycles the kicker here is your utv must be 50 inch or less in width so your trail models essentially only Um, number six on the list it's open all year round Um, it has a lot of smooth trails for beginners Um, with burns and tight turns for the more educated drivers. Number seven on the list, Ozark National Forest Mill Creek OHB Trails, a 50-mile trail system, open to all experience levels. Don't know much about this one. Um, Another one I should probably read into a little bit. Number 8 on the list, Okalala National Forest Trail System. In Okalala, Florida, 189-mile trail system, woods, hills, sand, open to ATVs, UTVs, bikes, and 4x4s. Does require trail pass. I did not see in my research on this where, um, what the costs were or what was required to have a trail pass. Um, but they've called it a beginner level challenge. Number nine on the list, the Payute ATV trail system located in Fillmore, Utah, 275 mile trail system with, uh, forest trails, rocks, hills, and water crossings with ATVs, UTVs, dirt bikes, motorcycles, and 4x4 vehicles allowed. Free to access, and they call this one beginner to intermediate. Um, Utah's Payute trail system. It's an expansive loop with no beginning or end. It was formed by connecting unused roads and takes riders through several different towns with other connecting trails along the way. Like the Arizona Peace Trail, it was created to give off-roaders an unforgettable riding experience with a side of beautiful views. The payute Main Trail System is 275 miles, but there are over 1,000 miles of marked side trails and an estimated 1,500 miles of side forest roads. Definitely one in Utah. I wanna to add to the list to a place to check out probably the most famous area riding area in the world and how it's number 10 on this list I haven't figured out the Poison Spider Mesa in Moab Utah the Mesa has 13.5 miles of trail consists of sand and rocks All ATVs, UTVs, bikes, and 4x4s allowed. Recommended to be an advanced rider to ride this trail. Free to access. I didn't think it would take to number 10 to get Moab on this list. Because Moab is home to some of the country's hottest trails. Um... But it's a 13 mile loop, harrowing road obstacles and fantastic scenery. And it's open year round, weather permitting. Um, It's said that 13 miles may not sound like much, but you still wanna give yourself a half day or more to cover all of Poison Spider Mesa. That's partly because you wanna stop and take in the scenery, but also because it's on the challenging side. Awkward ledges, steep climbs, and tippy spots make that trail perfect for experienced rider with modified machines. Definitely want to hit a Moab. Definitely. That is almost, I could almost call that a bucket list item. So number 11 on the list, St. Joe State Park in Park Hills, Missouri. 2,000 acres of riding area. They didn't, uh, I looked, I couldn't find where they gave me an exact mileage of how many miles of trail there is. I could, I just kept coming up with 2000 acres, um, consists of forest trails, sand, hills and mud open to ATVs, UTVs, and dirt bikes recommended there to be in an intermediate rider, but it's one of the most popular ORV destinations in the Midwest. Um, it has everything from wooded trails to sand flats, which, which were created by mining residue. And there are plenty of hills for riders looking for a challenge and a good amount of mud, too. The park is open throughout most of the year. Extra busy in the summer. In addition to the off-roading areas, the St. Joe offers beachfronts, horseback riding, mountain bike trails, and stocked lakes for fishing. Plenty of picnic areas. It's a destination for families who want to turn their riding trip into a weekend-long adventure. And we're all about adventure here on the Nevada Traveler Podcast. So kind of keeping with the theme of spreading the word of what's going on in the world, I'm going to share a news article which is called Rock the Trails, the Ultimate Off-Road Playlist. Now, I am seeing this for the first time. I have not looked at it. I have not been able to be like, I'm not even going to talk about this because of the stuff on it. So this is supposedly... The top, I'm not going to go through this whole thing. Again, I'm just looking at it for the first time here. Supposedly, this list I'm seeing in front of me is the top 64 songs for your off-road playlist. So, I'm going to kind of bounce around here. Number one, I wholeheartedly agree with. Kickstart My Heart by Motley Crue. Definitely can get on board With that one, number two, Life in the Fast Lane by the Eagles. Again, cannot disappoint. Number three, I get it. Not a fan. ACDC's Highway to Hell. I just can't. I'm a metal guy. Heavy rock music. I mean, not death metal, but my my music consists of about... Four different genres of rock music. It's about all I listen to. Never been an ACDC fan. Just have never gotten into it. Um, Paradise City by Guns N' Roses, number four. Never even heard of this one at number five. Born to be Wild by Steppenwolf. Um, I've probably heard it. Not sure who Steppenwolf is. Number six, Brad Paisley's Mud on the Tires. Number seven, Would Put Me to Sleep Driving, is Jason Aldean's Dirt Road Anthem. Um, Luke Combs at number eight, Beer Never Broke My Heart. Number nine, Jason Aldean's Hicktown, number 10, Something About a Truck by Kip Moore. I'm not going to blast through this whole list, but it consists of Nickelback, Half these people on this list I've never heard of. Miley Cyrus ended up on this list. DMX, Tupac, Drake, Lil Wayne. Number 30 should be up a lot higher on the list. Number 30 on the list is Carry On My Wayward Son by Kansas. Should be much higher on that list. So I'll drop a link in the description to this playlist for the ultimate off-road playlist. Half of the stuff on the list I've never heard of and the other half I probably don't want to hear, if we're being honest. Like the ones I haven't heard of, probably not in my uh, genre of music. I'm going to take a short break. And I'll be right back. Ah, Hear me all way you and son. There'll be peace when you are done. Love this song. Right, and I'm back. Episode 25 of the Nevada Traveler Podcast rolls on an ode to Carry On My Wayward Son by Kansas and the series finale Supernatural, tipping the cap to Jensen Ackles and the cast of probably one of the greatest TV shows ever. Um, And one of the longest running. Ever. Um, yeah, it was great. If you've never seen it, um, I'm sorry. If you've seen it and you know what I'm talking about, thumbs up to you. So what else is going on in the world as we roll through halfway through May, believe it or not, this year, I think I touched on it last week at how quickly 2021 is flying by obviously feeling bad for everybody down south east with the gas shortage if you're not an off and you listen to my show down in the southeast you're probably having a pretty hard time trying to find that premium fuel to run that buggy so hopefully that situation cleans up for you guys sooner than later 25 though i was thinking about that during my little break right there about Twenty-five ep- episodes of the show, which is kind of insane. That when I started this podcast, I didn't know where it was going to go, what I was going to do with it, and it's been a lot of fun. I, I enjoy doing it. Um. So to end the show, well, I'm not ending the show, so don't think I'm I'm leaving you yet. It's still early. I'm gonna talk about synthetic winch rope. It beats steel every time, and here's why. You know how the saying goes, paper covers rock, rocks matches scissors, and synthetic rope beats the hell out of steel. You haven't heard that one? Allow me to elaborate. A winch is only as good as the cable within it. So you can imagine People have spent a good deal of time testing out different winch ropes to determine the safest and most reliable option. And all the consensus is the same. Synthetic rope is the way to go. Now I know what you're thinking. Seriously, how is anything better than steel when you need something strong enough to rescue a 2,000-pound side-by-side that's wedged in four-foot thick sludge? I get it, steel is strong. I've worked with it for a long time. But synthetic rope actually has many advantages over steel when it comes to winch cables. That's why synthetic rope is the only rope you'll find inside of certain brand winches. Some of the advantages are one, you can handle synthetic rope with your bare hands. You don't have to worry about your hands getting shredded by frayed steel wires. Sure, you won't be able to use those pieces of steel wire embedded in your hand to pick any locks like in Die Hard 3. But when does that ever come in handy? Probably one of the biggest synthetic rope won't rust. That's another advantage of nylon. If you want to keep your steel cable in pristine condition, you have to pamper it day in and day out, ride after ride, in order to keep the rust away. I personally like the fact that you don't have to treat synthetic rope like a princess in order to keep it in working condition. Synthetic rope is lighter and a lot more flexible than steel. In some situations it can be tough to manipulate your winch rope just the right way to get it hooked properly and it's especially difficult when your winch rope is a stiff heavy piece of metal when you use rope you can expect to have a quick and easy experience every time you need to use that winch synthetic rope uses a better fair lead Generally synthetic rope uses a use a smooth aluminum fair lead as opposed to a roller fair lead. It gives you fewer moving parts that can fail. Most importantly, synthetic rope is safer. And it's probably the most important reason. It's true, synthetic rope might whip around if you manage to break it under high tension. But if that happens, you'll walk away with a bruise or a welt at worst. If you snap a steel cable, on the other hand, you're likely to break a bone or rip some skin off. Either way, your ride is over and you'll have some medical bills on top of having to pay for replacing that winch cable. I know I did an episode probably seven or eight or ten shows ago about winches, just winches in general, but I didn't touch on rope versus cable. Um, And how I know that is I actually went back and listened to that episode to make sure as I was thinking about topics for this week's show um, if I talked about rope or not. I sound probably like I'm a rope salesman trying to sell you any kind of rope I can. Not the case. The whole purpose of my informative segments of my show are to help educate you, to make your ride better, to make your adventure better, and ultimately make it safer. That's why I've spent endless hours talking about communications and first aid and winch rope. So always remember, be safe. If you have a steel cable winch, Change it to rope. Something I'm guilty of. I have not done it on our current side-by-sides winch. I'm still using the the steel cable that came in it. I do inspect it often. Um, I do spool it all the way out, spool it back in. Um, but I'm guilty of that. That is probably next on the list when it comes back from the shop Is is change the cable out. for rope. With that, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to wrap it up. Thank you all for for tuning in each week. It means a lot to me. Again, you can Listen back to any episode you've missed on Apple Podcast and Spotify and anywhere else you listen to your favorite shows. You can also give me a follow, Instagram and Twitter, Nevada underscore Traveler, or Nevada Traveler 60, Nevada underscore Traveler 63 on the TikTok. And you can also stay tuned for what's happening with the podcast itself, Facebook.com. Forward slash Nevada Traveler Podcast. And if you want to see all the videos from the adventure, check it out Nevada underscore Traveler on YouTube. I'll post links in the description. Again, thank you all so much for tuning in. Special show with a special guest coming up for you guys next week. So don't miss that for the Nevada Traveler Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan. Thank you so much. So long, everybody.